everyone. Uh, we're on episode eight, uh, Friday happy hour-ish for some of you. And uh, as you can see by the title, we're going to be talking about kind of the pretty much the biggest domestic news story happening. And uh, you can see the clever uh, tundra title that we all love. Uh, as you can see in the description, you can see the uh, some national news outlets pick up on Joe Biden administration's talking point that the, what you're seeing happening with gas prices across the country is Putin's price spike. They workshopped that one for a few hours, decided they loved it, and uh, everyone from Jen Psaki to Kate Benningfeld to Andrew Bates to anyone in the White House communications office blasted that one out. And shortly, NBC, amongst others, picked it up, as did a few uh, MSNBC hosts, and they started blasting. Is I want you to tell me uh, where you are, if you don't want to, if you're not comfortable saying where you are in the country or the world, um, let me know what's going on in your area gas station or where you go, um, what you're seeing, and then also tell me how media is covering it. Um, it's, it's a lot easier if we get feedback from uh, like crowdsourcing information from people all over than it is just, you know, me sitting here and going, uh, it's kind of ironic that the guy who laughed in Paul Ryan's face and said that Mitt Romney had a Cold War mindset is now currently blaming every problem in his administration, including a 38, 39% approval rating on Vladimir Putin. If you, you have to appreciate that just a little bit. Um, before I get any further, I'm getting a Czech internet connection. So hopefully I'm coming through. It looks like I'm okay. Um, so yeah, that's the introduction. I want to hear from you guys. I don't want to. I didn't want to bring in a speaker or a guest or anything like that. So I just want to hear what you're going through. The other thing I want to talk is I had a couple of good podcast subscribers who drive electronic uh, electric vehicles. I got to stop doing that. Um, they drive EVs. They talk about the pros and the cons. They you know they love their Teslas. They're a fun car and whatever. But then uh, I had a podcast subscriber run through some of the negatives, such as. Uh, I guess Tesla maps charger to charger. Like if you want to plan a trip and she said she hypothetically planned a trip from Illinois to Texas and to stop at supercharging stations, it added 12 extra hours to her drive. <laughs> and I noted on today's podcast that even like the, the best technology, you know, it's the, the resistance to electric vehicles isn't rooted in part of it's rooted in the technology is not there. And part of it's rooted in the infrastructure is not there, but, the coolest thing, like the, the iPhone of cars that you see people wanting and they're sleek and they you know, have a giant iPad for the dashboard and everything, and we're still just not there. And yet we're being told that now is the time, right now, absolutely right now, in the next six months to a year is when we must transition out of fossil fuels. And we even have an uh, economic advisor from the White House say, uh, energy independence only occurs when we are at zero fossil fuels. So this isn't a myth. This isn't like, uh, you know, taking away your hamburgers or anything like this. This is effectively the implementation of the Green New Deal without legislating it. They're just going to go ahead and choke everyone at the pump. I think that they've made the calculus that this is going to be painful. It might cost them an election. But, it, you know, in the long run, it's it's for the planet and it's for the climate. How dare you? So if you have an electric vehicle, tell me, uh, feel free to tell the room what you like about it. What are the downsides? What are the costs involved? Um, and so we'll try to educate ourselves on this a little bit and, and hopefully all come out of this a little bit better human beings. Uh, 
just jump in right in. That's kind of, I want to try and stay on that topic. If there's anything else that's uh, on your mind, then feel free, but uh, kind of stick with the theme so people can go back and listen to it and say, oh, hey, you know, these were smart people and this is what they covered. Uh, jumping right up, Joe, uh, based on everything that I talked about, feel free. Hey, Stephen. Happy Friday. Um, so I am in suburban Philadelphia, basically the area where... I'm sorry. Um, yes. Well, you know, it's... Uh, bad Bad things happen around here, in case you haven't heard. Um, they, uh, well, we won a Super Bowl five years ago. We only have one to the Broncos three, but at least we have one, and at least I can die having seen something that I never thought would happen happen with the most unlikely person to ever do it, Nick Foles. So I'll take that to my grave. Um, but I am the gas here where I'm at is 445, which is without doubt the highest it's ever been. I think during the recession, it got as high as 415. Um, and this just, it, it was 415 here like last Wednesday and then last Thursday it was 445 just overnight basically and um there actually hasn't been a whole lot of news coverage about it surprise surprise there had with uh, with the local affiliates uh, the 6ABC affiliate in the area has not been covering it at all um what they have been covering uh, occurring about 20 miles east of me is that Brandon is visiting Philadelphia today um, with the House Democrats, which they're not calling it a retreat, by the way. Nancy it's Pelosi not a retreat. Not, Don't say it's not, a, it's not a retreat. It's not Brandon's last stand here or anything like that. So we got to watch what we say. Um, but that's been all the coverage of it today. Um, it hasn't been, uh, ha- we haven't been talking about gas prices. We've been talking about Ukraine in the abstract, but it's gotten basically no attention um, in this area as far as I've been able to see. As any Philadelphia news cupboards uh, picking up saying gas price is a result of Putin's price spike, or is it just black? I think that I, I haven't seen any of them say Putin's price spike. I think that that has been more so a byproduct of like the national cable news channel saying that. I would say it's just been more so blacked out completely. Uh, do you think that that's agenda based on what you read? I mean, Philadelphia is not exactly known as MAGA country. Shout out, no. Juicy. Um, <laughs> so do you, do you think it's just that's it's a question of agenda bias? They just don't want to talk about it. Uh, do you know people that are talking either on social media or around you who are normally talking about it? Or is it just kind of like, oh, I guess we're at four. I think I think there's just been a large amount of acceptance with it. I mean, um, which should come as like no shock to you. We had last year set a a record for murders in Philadelphia, and this year is probably going to even top that one. That has been more than anything drowning out the news coverage has been um, the increased murders per day. There's they have Larry Krasner as the district attorney, who's like one of the basically if um, if you put aside the district attorney in New York City, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Larry Krasner would be on the front page of every single conservative, like Breitbart story about the things that he's doing within Philadelphia. He's just, he's, he's kind of like made a name for himself for being really out there. So that's really what's been taking up the coverage has been anything except that. 
Oh, and also um, there are some places within the city because they're still operating on some pretty stringent COVID restrictions. So COVID, believe it or not, is actually still taking up a good part of the news cycle um, within the local affiliates in Philadelphia. What are your what are what are the COVID restrictions still? Restaurants, restaurants um, uh, that that some are still even you know asking for vaccine proof of vaccination. Um, there's still some um, that are delaying with the mask uh, the mask mandate, and that's the thing too. Like within the state itself, Philadelphia has always been its own kind of little sub kingdom of the city where the state can pass a rule, but then there has to be a special carve out for Philadelphia. So in Pennsylvania, they removed the state mask mandate, but they said this does not apply to Philadelphia. So Philadelphia is its own little fiefdom um, that that basically operates as the exception to everything. And that applies to gun laws as well, which is the gun laws in the state are one thing. They're completely different in Philadelphia. And Joe, do you have any plans in the near future to buy uh, an EV or drop whatever you are doing or driving to go out and buy it? So I'm not going to lie. My next car might be an EV. And the thing is, is that I work from home. So fortunately, I'm inundated from a lot of the gas price um, increases. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. I... (laughs) I find electric anything to just be just more convenient. Like all of my tools are electric. My lawnmower is electric from a position of just convenience and a lack thereof maintenance. Yeah. You know, I maybe don't really want to take my car in every single year for, uh, you know, an oil change and an inspection that's going to run me $800, uh, you know, and, and pay an arm and a leg for gas. I don't know exactly what the you know trade-offs and costs would be for EVs, so I'll defer to the audience on that who own one. But I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, even aside from the ridiculous condescending Putin price hike thing, I probably was going to consider an EV anyways in the future. Um, just you know because I prefer that to gas in general. Uh, I, it's funny I made that comment on my podcast today. Like I, I used to have an electric lawnmower. And I think I, I don't even know why I, th- I think I got it. I think I was maybe just being like conscious about it. I think I was like you. I was like, I don't want to have to drive to the gas station to fill this thing up. So uh, it, uh, we we ran down. Uh, uh, thanks for that, Joe. We ran down today on yeah. the podcast some of the some of the pros and the cons. And once a few, a couple that were kind of funny to me. Uh, someone said, and you guys can either confirm or deny this. So not to go full unfettered fact-checking Joe Rogan conversations here. Uh, but someone said that insurance on, e- on EVs runs 20 to 35% higher. Someone said that uh, to replace a battery can run up to six grand. I don't know if I believe that, but there's also a warranty that's like um, for up to $80,000. I don't know this stuff. Um, some of the logistics that was funny to me. So I was asking, if you drive an EV, and you want to go from like Denver to Phoenix and you have to stop to charge up because it's not gas up. How long does that take? What does that entail? And I, I had a couple of people who uh, one person lives in rural Oklahoma and they basically say the car is fun. They love the Tesla, but like to drive it across country on a trip or something, you have to pull up to a charging station. It takes up to 20 minutes. If the station is full, you have to wait and th- the reason I'm going into all this is because this is 
as we hear about this, as we see Pete Buttigieg on MSNBC with his sleeves rolled up, talking about how wonderful this is, we're not hearing anything in our media about what are the actual logistics for what this administration is right now trying to do. It, it, by all intents and purposes, it looks like they're just saying, you know what, we're just going to force people off of gasoline right now. This is the time to do it. And no one's stopping to ask, okay, uh, how, how are we going to do this? Uh, I had another subscriber who is in St. Louis, she might actually be in this room, who said that they were trying to pass a law or a, pro, a provisional law that says if you own a property, if you own a small business, you have to pay to install a charging station in your business. Or if it's an outdated business, then uh, to, if you want to ch change the business over to something else, you then have to pay to put in a charging station. And these are all things that nobody's talking about and nobody's even thinking about. And for those of you who aren't podcast subscribers, I noted today that even if people are out here, I, I'm sitting here praising, you know, Teslas. I, I love them. I think they're sleek. I think they're great. Uh, why or why not I would not buy one has nothing to do with a scoldy Swedish teenager. Um, it's just if the technology's there and it works, people will go to it, but it doesn't feel like it's really there for mass consumption yet. And I noted things like the television or the iPhone. These are things that just happened. Like we all used to have big black and gray boxes sitting on a you know piece of wood in our living room. And just gradually over time, flat screens got introduced fewer by fewer. And if you go to a Best Buy, it used to be just like one section of the wall would be flat screens and then they would all still be big TVs. And just over the course of five, six, seven years, all, it just, boom, everything is a flat screen. It just happened because that's what people wanted. And so it didn't take the federal government to come in and regulate it to make it happen. I know you don't have to gas or plug in a television, um, but these are all questions like nobody is asking. Nobody in our media, nobody's answering our administration. It's just kind of like we're going full Green New Deal right now. Right now is the time to do it. Thanks, Putin. Um, so, again, it's, it's not here to shit on uh, electric energy or anything like that. Um, but the other thing that nobody's talking about is the commercial use of this. Are, are, are we going to put sol solar panels on the wings of airplanes? How are we going to do diesel hauling here? And those are, you know, all things that use an inordinate amount of fuel. So these are, again, as, as you see what, what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. And you, what's so funny is you have, you have the singular focus of Joe Biden and his administration focused on you and what you drive. And you have to stop driving your car. But none of these things, com the commercial vehicle aspect, airlines, None of that is being addressed at all whatsoever. It's the fingers being pointed at you and your stupid truck and your stupid SUV. And there has to be pushback against that. And unfortunately, the people paid to do that aren't doing it. Uh, Chad. Uh, I'm doing quite well. Uh, I wanted to say how uh, stunned and, and how brave I think you are for, uh, you know, submitting to that correction in regards to Jabba's Palace and everything. I thought that was a uh, really We cool don't view. do fake news on my podcast, okay? I admit <laughs> to my errors. I, I will have you know. I will own up to them, okay? Everyone's allowed their one mistake. I just made mine. Let's just... Actually, it was your second mistake. Uh, remember the mashed potatoes incident? So wait, uh, what was you know we have well, to look. No, the mashed potato. Okay, so the, what was the mashed potatoes incident? Mashed, mashed potato. Okay, I love mashed potatoes. I'm not fucking making it for things. Yeah, I don't, uh, this misinformation I think is putting people's lives at risk. 
I don't know, you know, mashed potato slandering and uh, Star Wars. It tastes misinformation. just the same if you put it for five dollars in no. the microwave with some butter on it. Uh, it's a dangerous time to live in America. That's all I can say right now. But um, on the topic of gas, though, so I'm in a deep blue state uh, in a blue county, and it's five seventy right now. Uh, I'm also oh, a delivery driver for blue state, blue state, blue. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I'm a delivery driver part time and uh, for pizza. And most of the guys at our work have had our hours cut significantly uh, due to basically the lack. We've been seeing a reduction in business because we've had to raise prices, not just because of inflation for the pizza, but just a basic delivery fee because of gasoline, too. And this is right after we had uh, required proof of vaccination and everything, too, uh, for our customers. You- are you reimbursed for gas uh, uh, when you drive, or does that come out of your own pocket? It's mainly uh, kind of been coming out of our own pockets lately. Uh, there's like a minor delivery fee and everything like that, but there's just kind of this uh, effect where people are less likely to eat out now, essentially. I mean, I've just been hearing that with my friends, too. We we just don't want to go out as much, right? So it's just going to have that same effect for even our industry, too. Um, and the, like I said, and we're seeing a huge, uh, a rise with our uh, pizza costs too, on top of everything else, which was already happening. So all this, no, that co- was Putin. That was also Putin. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's how our, our local media is describing it too. Um, so did, so and when you it, say local media, so have they, have they talked about gas price increase? How have they framed it when you've seen it? Um, they, they're saying, well, well why are, uh, why, why is our state like higher than the rest of the country? And the, basically, uh, they, I don't know, they primarily blame it on Putin and some of the climate, a little bit of the climate stuff, but they say it's mainly Putin, uh, is the main cause for a lot of our issues, but they are recognizing that we are a little bit higher than the rest of the country. But I, I just, I've been thinking about it more. Like, I guess it, it affected me more on a personal level. And so it's kind of interesting to watch a lot of this news. And I'd say the only like idiotic parts of this administration were the COVID restrictions and uh, now gas and inflation. And I'm just kind of thinking for the midterms, Sagar uh, had a, an analyst where they said they would have a national gas price of, let's say, $6 in the near future. And I think we're at 420 right now. I don't know what that does electorally to the Democrats if we get to that point or even just stay at this point now all the way till November. Uh, I just don't know <laughs> if people could take anymore uh, on top of everything else. Do you say that like looking around your own community or is it just kind of you pondering about it? Do you see a, Do you see an attitude shift? Do you have people who are like, you know what, I'm not going to vote for the fucking party of January 6th and QAnon, but I'm I'm not voting for this again. I'm staying home. Did, do you have any sense of that based on people you talk to, you know, people around your uh, friends of yours that are local? You say you live in a pretty deep blue state, deep blue county or deep blue mm-hmm. city. So I assume that you get that kind of, you know, feedback one way or another. So what? Yeah, so uh, anecdotal evidence, I see that I did that Biden stickers like literally everywhere now. Uh, on the gas station things, um, so there's that. Well, that's and then hate I see a lot of the... right there. <laughs> yep, yep. Threats to democracy. Yeah, we should get January sixth committee on that too. But uh, I think when it comes to even a lot of the libs I work with, they do notice like things are just shitty, out of control. Um, 
Because I, I remember when John Gabriel, uh, he's a boomer, so he remembers the inflation of the 70s. So, like, you know, a lot of people weren't really, like, concerned about that initially. Um, but I think everybody can, like, remember gas prices, you know, uh, because it's just not that long ago when the stuff was a lot more affordable. And now this, is, like, affects everybody evenly. And I am noticing more, like, even my political normie friends, like, this is just horrendous. This guy sucks, basically. Uh so I've been getting a stronger vibe of that even in this blue area. I mean, I think especially in a blue area. Um, and I remember I asked you about Colorado. Is there a chance we could pick up that Senate seat? And if you see a lot of these blue states suffering disproportionately for gas prices, uh, I wonder who they're going to take it out on because I think the Putin excuse isn't going to hold till November if the prices stay the same. Yeah, I mean, you, the, the party that controls the White House already is at a disadvantage even in a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't remember personally the last time a president won his midterms. That mm-hmm. would be a fun, fun one for the history buffs. Um, I, it wasn't Clinton. I mean, we got we got the wipeout of you know ninety four, whatever, and, and the contract for America with Newt Gingrich. Um, and then everyone obviously knows Bush's Bush lost Congress, <clears throat> and then of course Obama lost Congress, and then Trump lost Congress. So I don't even know the last time there was a president. Certainly, it, it, it appears. I mean, it might have been Reagan. I don't know, but it doesn't <laughs> look like it was any time in in my conscious lifetime when I wasn't playing with GI Joes. Um, so a president and a party is already facing that going when you win. You're already facing that. You're probably going to look at losing midterms, depending on a favorable map or whatever. So mm-hmm. now you throw on the Afghanistan debacle, which was completely ignored at the State of the Union. I, I thought like the, the Republicans zeroing in on the 13 service members. I, I get what Republicans are doing, you, you, you know, say their names and stuff. And I think that's important. But the overall picture was what a catastrophe Afghanistan was that kind of spiraled everything out of control. When that <laughs> happened, that's when... Biden's approval started to tank because, as I've said before, he was elected on competence and empathy. And Afghanistan proved he didn't have either of those things. The way he would just turn his back and shuffle out of the room, that's optics. That's just political optics. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that happened, people, and then the, the variant, the, vi- the viral variants popped up and they, didn't, they weren't prepared with tests or masks. And people are like, shit, you're telling me with three vaccines and therapeutics that we're going back into a semi-lockdown and distancing, we're going back to where we were in, you know, August of last year. And so you couple that. And then, of course, you have inflation happening and then you have Ukraine. And it feels like they're kind of just careening from one crisis to the other. And it feels rudderless. There's just no stopping that. So if you if you count that a party is already going to lose Congress, everything that's happening now just compiles on top of that. And anybody who says that, no, no, no you know, I think Biden, they're going to pull it out. No, there's 31 retirements now in the House for Democrats. So that doesn't mean that the GOP is going to pick up all of them, but there's a good chance they're going to pick up a lot of them. And so you compile all of that. And two, you also have to look at enthusiasm for midterm elections just never is high for either party. They just don't pay attention to them. They don't care. Usually unless it's their local person, you know, their Senator or their congressperson who's up for reelection. So people just don't care. They care on Twitter. You know, they, you know, you'll see all of that shit happening, but you know what? And I've said this, that nobody, 
who was it that just said today that, and I think this is a pretty brutally honest comment and it's hard. It's, it's what I agree with, but it's hard to agree with because of the brutality of it. But someone, someone said, whoever in this white house is workshopping that, you know, Ukrainian lives are more important than, you know, being able to buy groceries or, you know, not dig into your family budget just to, you know, take your kids to and from school whoever's workshopping this should be out of a job. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds like they're minimizing Ukrainian lives, but part of that is true. And it's like I said, people don't give a shit about saving the polar bear when they can't, you know, when their grocery bill gets cut in half because of inflation over government spending. And then of course um, you have, now we're just being told, Hey, Putin's on the run. There's nothing I could do about it. You know, he just did this. We don't know why he did it, Afghanistan, but he's just doing it. And now I'm sorry, America, you're going to have to take the brunt for this. And people Mm -hmm. just go, no, what are you talking? No, we don't. What the Mm -hmm. fuck? That's just how an average person thinks. So, yeah, and I think the midterms are going to be pretty bad. (laughs) And that's that's what I try to tell people who stress about this or who are angry and going full Mark Levin. and I just tell them, I'm like, guys, six months, it's probably going to be over. Joe Biden's presidency will effectively be over. Uh, he, he will be an old man with two years and no Congress. So he can executive order things here and there. Th- those can get challenged and those will go to court. And so that I kind of just shrug and say, yeah, this fucking sucks. But it's probably over in about six months. So yeah. uh, one last thought, finish up. And then oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one uh, psychological context point with this where, uh, we were like so happy when the mask mandates, vaccine passports, all that stuff got taken away. It's like, oh, life's back to normal. We can go out again. And then, no, here's a cataclysmic war. Gas prices up. You have to stay at home now because gas is too expensive. So it's just like so fucked up. <laughs> just like as soon as you get hope, you just get crushed again, kind of with things going back to normal. But that's my final point. Thanks, Chad. Um one, one, one of the reasons that uh, I, I like doing this other than just bringing up another media person and stuff like this is exactly these kinds of stories. Um, What do you see happening in your communities? What do you see happening with media? What do you see happening with local media? Um, Are they ignoring this? Are they spinning this? Uh, Is this just all Fox news noise bubble? Like we're being told on a national level. So uh, that's a good one. So again, thanks for that chat. Donna, welcome back. Hello, Steven. Can you hear me? Yep. I got you. How are you? Hi. So to start, I thought I would bring you a feel-good story. Uh-oh. Um, we don't, do, we don't North- do those around here. <laughs> I'm here in North Carolina, and on Thursday in Burnsville, um, North Carolina, a Zitco station thought that they would uh, do a good deed, and they lowered their gas prices to two twenty-five from noon until 5 o'clock, well, which is when they ran out of gas. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. When uh, rollback prices, I guess that was just like in, that was just a regular like a shell station or an independent station. Yes, it was just an independent Zico station. They were so they rolled and, them to uh, two twenty five. Well, I'm sorry, I might have missed it. What what did you were, what were they before? The article did not say that. It didn't say what it was before. But on Thursday, I'm guessing it would probably be what it is here. I'm I'm in High Point, and today it was four nineteen. And it's it's been climbing twenty cents about every two to three days. Um, and what's your what's your local media? No mention of Russia at all or Putin. Um, just inflation in general. 
So, you know, like the national stories, of course, are Putin, Putin, Putin. But no, the local media doesn't even really mention it. Uh, They're just blaming it on inflation and doing a lot of human interest stories about how it's affecting, you know, everybody. Uh, Donna, do you have any plans to buy an electric vehicle or is that something that interests you? I'm not opposed to it. I've driven one. Um, I've driven a lot, actually. I kind of wanted to share this with you. Um, Back in 2002, I drove from Massachusetts to Arizona in my 1999 Ford Escort. And it only cost me a little over $500 to do it. And I can, but it took me five days. So I had to spend nights. um, And I can't even imagine having to sit someplace for 20 minutes and maybe more at a time to charge something, you know, that is, yeah, that is a so, lot so, of time. Some of those that I mentioned this is I, I, I talked about like 20 minutes can do, uh, can be a lot. Like you can do, you can get a Peloton workout in 20 minutes or you, you know, you can do a uh, 20 minutes. It's kind of like a sitcom or whatever like that. So, but when you picture sitting in your car, or depending, and I'm not even talking about weather. Like, look, we can talk about we can we can throw inclement weather in there, either hot or cold. And it's not a place that has like a cafe or a restaurant. And and maybe that is something that is the future, where you pull up, you charge your car, you go in, you get you get yourself a Starbucks um, or whatever. Um, but again, that's not really the reality we live in, where every place is going to be like a truck, you know, a truck stop diner. Where you can pull up, charge a car, and then you know go in, have have a lunch, and then get going. And that you know, there's people that are doing trips like that, who, you know, again, these are things that people who are pushing this don't understand. And and for those of you who, you know, didn't hear my podcast today, I said it feels like, you know, the, the Pete Buddha judges and the and the metropolitan elites are kind of like saying, well, it, these cars run great in San Francisco, in New York, and Los Angeles in parts, so we can do this for the whole country, and they're not even stopping to think about the logistics. I don't even know when maybe the last time Pete Buttigieg stopped to fill up a gas tank, or, or much less Joe Biden, or Elizabeth Warren, or Elizabeth Granholm, or any of these people. So you take into concern just these little things, like you're, you're on a cross-country, you're just you're on a road trip, you got to be somewhere, and oh shit, I have to charge... I have to charge the Tesla. What happens if you lose power in the night? Your battery doesn't charge. Um, and, and so there, all, of, there are, again, there are... all of these things, yeah, there are all these things that just like you say, who has 20 minutes to stop? I mean, what does it take average to fill up a gas tank? Five minutes, 10, maybe. And we're, right. a, we're a bunch of impatient assholes as a society anyway. So now you're going to get to 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And that's if there's a charging station. And you're talking also about a lot of stretch of highway out there where there's nothing. And what if your battery dies? What do you do then? I mean, you can gauge, I, well, and I'm not quite sure about the electric vehicles, how you gauge, you know, the battery. Is it, is it like you can run it down like you can a gas tank? You know, um, I did drive a hybrid from here to Georgia uh, two years ago before the pandemic hit. And I can tell you, I got to Savannah um, in about, I think it took me six hours. No, yeah, just, just a little over six hours. And then when I came back, it took me 10 hours because it's all uphill. 
I mean, it was like this vehicle was just in its own way. It was incredible. Um, and thankfully it was a hybrid. So I just had to stop for gas. I didn't have to charge it. <laughs> no way would I have wanted to take that thing cross country and get up in the mountains with it. It would have been way too expensive for one thing. I spent way much more on gas than I would have if it was just a gas vehicle because it didn't seem to have the power that a gas vehicle has. And I don't know how much driving you've done, but if if you've driven both, you can feel the difference. They're just not as strong as a gas-powered vehicle. Um, I don't know the mechanics well, but you don't, of you don't, it. You don't, you, don't, you don't need that much power anyway. You're, that's that's being selfish to have a car. Today. You're killing <laughs> yeah. the planet, Donna. Donna, Donna, thank you. I'm going to move on to Matt. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Good thoughts. I appreciate it. Hey, Steven. What's up, man? Matt. Good. Um, so, quick story. I borrowed my dad's F-150 last week. I had to move some stuff. So, you two are killing um, the planet. That's $100 to fill up, Steven. I almost had a fucking stroke. What is, um, it, what is it usually? <clears throat> I, dr- I drive a Ford Explorer 2010. It's under 100,000 miles, and normally uh, I usually fill up just under a three-fourths of a tank gone, so normally it's about 40, 40 to 45 for me to fill up, and recently it's been about 50 to 55. So For me, I'll, I can tell you exactly because I just drove back from South Carolina. I'm, I'm a 40-year-old snowbird. I go there for the winter. Um, in 2020, when I went down before Biden got an office to fill up my tank, I, I drive a small SUV. It was 28 bucks. Uh, now for me to fill up in 2022, it is just over 50. I'm, I'm sitting here laughing because we sound like a bunch of hobos hovering over a barrel fire after I know, right? day has happened. So I'm calling you from the People's Republic of Massachusetts, moonbat capital of the world. I don't care what California says. We take the cake. Um, local coverage. I don't watch the news, um, but I Googled or I went on the Boston Globe, which is the failing Boston Globe, according to Trump. And on the front page, they had no gas stories. So I searched and they had one this week from Renee Brown. She lives in Boston. And she um, just said gas for $5. That's a small cost to save democracy. And all about how we need to spend five bucks on gas. It, for, mind it, you, a it, woman, and I know where she lives, because I just kind of looked her up. Was it she lives in Jamaica page? fucking Plain. She probably doesn't drive a car. And if she has a car, she probably doesn't go far. What's Jamaica Plains? Jamaica give us Plains a lay of the land. Like living in Brooklyn. Okay. It's, so it's everything, like, you it's need, like, everything you yeah. need is within you know, a, a seven a block radius or you can take an Uber then, right? Yeah. You so, have a so, car, so, so a normal, a so a normal journalist. So a right, exactly, normal journalist who, yeah. who is 28, 29, 30 years old, lives in New York, lives in New York city, Brooklyn takes Ubers, takes the train or San Francisco or Los Angeles or California. I don't know how realistic taking an Uber is in LA, but so basically your average, was this an opinion column or was this? She's an opinion columnist. She is a big LGBTQ person and it was an opinion. Just like, listen, we got to, we have to save democracy. We have to crush Putin. We need to spend $5 in gas. Go fuck yourself. Um, this paper, you can tell how serious this paper is because the other story in the front page of a regional newspaper was Madison Crawthorne suspended license story. I guess that happened. Um, North Carolina congressperson. I have I have a couple questions and I'll I'll get off real quick. Um, when you're talking to the environmental people, and I'm not opposed to getting an electric car, but I was somebody who was a first 
uh, I got a flat screen TV in 2006, 44 inches Samsung, still have it. It cost me $3,000. It weighs about 50 pounds. You get that same TV now, it weighs like much as a feather and it costs about 300 bucks. I just looked it up at Walmart. So my old shitty Samsung TV, which is heavy and doesn't have great technology, I like look at that thing stubbornly and I spent three fucking thousand dollars on it. Like, of course, I'm going to wait till costs come down and technology improves and things get lighter and faster. And I know Tesla is pretty sick, but I can't afford it. But I also want the fucking government telling me that I need to do something and compelling me and changing my behavior. Um, it's really weird. But if we, I, I think a couple of questions you should ask the environmentalists is when the lithium batteries, when cars go, how long does it take for the lithium batteries to decompose? Can you recycle them? And what do you need to do to mine for precious metals? Do you need like bulldozers and mining equipment? And how does all that shit run? Does that run electric? No, it fucking runs on gas. And last thing is, if it's a Putin problem, like, well, we have a Putin problem now with gas and inflation, but the last fucking guy apparently was able to stop that problem from happening with Putin. So, like, why don't we just go back to the last fucking guy? Uh, well, I mean, primarily the last guy was crazy. No, my, um, you get my but point. No, I mean, no, but this is, I mean, this, so this is, this is the kind of the, the hole in the argument that the oil companies are greedy is, which we're hearing from Elizabeth Warren, amongst others at the Bernie wing is that uh, they're just, they're, you know, they're, they're gauging people and we need to put price controls and that's a, that's a good point is you know, well okay what did they just get greedy in the last two years like why weren't they greedy oh because they wanted him to succeed or they they were pro-trump or and and you look at these people and they have applesauce for brains and they really expect that this is going to go over and um, especially in you know matt's area of massachusetts so a, a thing that matt there brings up and it's sardonic point is you know, when you do have to mine for materials for batteries, are we getting that stuff from China? How's that going to go? Um, and yes, the construction equipment, that's all going to have to be electric powered. And this is my point is you have an administration and, and Biden did it today. The old man just had one of his Alzheimer mood swings and just lashed out and said, I'm sick of the American people thinking it's we spend money. You know, I'm tired of that. Like, like, why are you yelling at us, asshole? You're in charge here. You know, it's just it's insane to me that these people like yell at voters. They blame parents for schools. They blame us for, you know, driving SUVs. And they blame, they're blaming us for uh, thinking inflation is different than what it is or any of this stuff. And they're blaming you for driving your choice of car. They're not blaming, you know, construction equipment because that's union. We can't blame them. And so this goes on and on and on. And this is kind of how the corporate environmental uh, movement has worked for years, which is y you need to you need to eat bugs and you need to stop driving a gas car. And of course, these are the people who go to the French laundry and get chauffeured in SUVs everywhere. And as I've always said, we'll we'll believe that there's a climate crisis when you start acting like it. And there's a point that's coming up that I like, which is a lot of people here are just like, look, we're not. We're not out here trying to destroy the planet. I remember the funny joke that Dennis Miller said. He's like, H haven't we been pretty good? Because I remember when I was a kid and we would just throw everything out the fucking window. <laughs> like just a full McDonald's bag on a road trip. You just toss the wind. You just roll the window down and toss that shit out. 
And that doesn't happen anymore. Um, most people recycle. Most, you know, most people are good. Like you talk about uh, people buy electric lawnmowers. Um, and I think people are tired of just getting lectured by, again, a cosmopolitan East and West Coast elite who says, you just, you need to live like us. And that's generally the attitude in like BuzzFeed journalism. Like I, I eat from the Whole Foods salad bar and I walk everywhere. Why can't you? Well, because you're 27 years old, you have a Tinder profile and no kids. Primarily, that's why. And you live in New York City. And again, they're point, they constantly point the finger at you and your lifestyle. But they're never pointing the finger at like, I don't know, John Kerry's lifestyle. And of course, the, the biggest gap in that is they never get asked. John Kerry will never get asked, sir, why are you flying to Helsinki when you can just Zoom? But you now we're beginning flirted with the idea that we all have to stay home to save the climate and gas prices. And that one is already out there. And I'm going to actually be writing on that uh, probably this weekend. Pierce, you're Pierce, you're one of my regulars. I don't want to have to kick you out of the box. Okay, Pierce, come back on if uh, you want to. Sam, I'm pretty good. So I'm here in Indianapolis and gas is about $4.09. Which... So a reddish state what what is indianapolis politically are you guys tilting blue now or have you been... it, it it's one of like there's like three counties in indiana the vote democrat and uh marion county is one of them the other is wherever gary is and um up in the region around chicago um oh in monroe so i guess there's four counties that go blue um other than that the rest of the state's red um but yeah it's been it's democrats unfortunately um, so that's why, that's why I actually don't watch the news is because people just get killed every night. So I prefer not to, um, see that every evening when I watch the news. Um, so I'm actually from the Southern part of the state. I just moved up here for a job back in January. Um, so I'm from more of a rural area and the gas price in Indy is about the same as it is in the rural area, about $4 and nine cents right now. Which, like I said, it's the highest I've seen. I'm on the young side, so I don't really. I was not driving during the Great Recession when prices really spiked. Um, I remember my parents bought a Prius though to deal with prices, um, so they were actually kind of, kind of doing what they're advocating now because it was a hybrid car. Um, but the point that I just wanted to make, and I think it's being really underrated, is. We talk about the supply chain issues that we're having. Well, rising diesel costs is a really, really big factor. My dad is a truck driver. He's an owner-operator, so luckily he can control what he does. But he went home early this week and didn't go back out on the road because uh, diesel was too high and he wasn't getting high enough rates to offset, um, to offset the higher uh, diesel rates. So we're going to fuck up the supply chain even worse because of these rising prices. And we're not really factoring that in right now. We're just talking about hurting your pocketbook. Well, we already have a supply chain issue and it's just going to get worse because of this. Um, have you looked at or are you considering down the road an, an electric vehicle, either a Tesla? I like Teslas. I think they're cool. I would totally buy one. Um but right now, I mean, it'd have to be pretty far down the road. Plus, I, I agree with what you've been saying. The technology, it's, it's cool. 
but it's not there yet. Um, you know, if you're, if you have a reliable place to fill up, like if you're living in a, a downtown city and you're only going to drive it around the city, then yeah, you can get away with it. But if you want to like go on vacation with it or something like that, it's just not, it's just not there yet. So maybe one day when the technology gets better, but right now it's just, we're not there yet. So you're fine with killing the planet? Pretty much. You're fine with not, you know, this has to be done now. We have 12 years to get this fixed. So, well, it's, um, which, what is the like financing here to of a blame Tesla? Anyways. People like me are to blame anyways. My dad's a truck driver. So oh, well, he's shit. killed the planet. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's queuing on a he's terrorist killed the right planet. there. We, we still have a gas lawnmower, um, gas leaf blower. You know, we, we use a lot of gas. So, yeah, I, I've already killed the planet. So, um, you know, whatever. And your, and your dad is a, just by being a truck driver is by default an insurrectionist. You shouldn't even be oh. talking right now. Are you talking on your regular phone? Is this, do you don't, you don't use a burner? No, I don't use a burner, unfortunately. No, you need to, you probably need to look into that. I'll, I'll just say he was not in Canada. Oh, that doesn't matter now. There wasn't there a convoy, uh, in, uh, outside of D.C. or it stopped somewhere or whatever. I saw that CNN's crack fact-check team decided to go talk to the truckers, I guess. Yeah, he thinks shit like that is stupid because he just he just wants to get get where he's going and come back. He doesn't want to have to deal with people blocking roads and shit. But, um, yeah, because of that, yeah, I'm sure he's branded an insurrectionist. Oh, and he's really stupid, too. That's the other thing is that Democrats who are supposed to be the worker, the party of the working class think that the working class are a bunch of idiots. So, yeah. It really is. I mean, this point, this, this, this can't be understated enough. And you see smart liberals repeat this. Matt Stoller is one who, who basically says, you know, for the praise that Barack Obama got, Barack Obama was the single transformative figure of the Democrat Party becoming kind of like the I feel your blue collar pain of Bill Clinton to the cosmopolitan, you know, Columbia, New York elite, um, you know, who he, he fancied himself having intellectual discussions with George Clooney on Lake Como in Italy, you know, and in the meantime, all of like these blue states that went for Trump you know, are you have people dying of fentanyl overdoses, and he just doesn't fucking care. And there was a Wall Street Journal poll today. Let me find it. I'm scrolling back. I don't know. Samuel, hum some elevator music for me for a second, please. Oh, no, never mind. You're off the hook. I found it. Um, this was a Wall Street Journal poll uh, from Michael Bender. It says uh, Biden and the Democrats are losing ground on key issues. The president's handling of the Ukraine crisis hasn't boosted his overall political standing as voters worry about inflation. And also says, here's a quote, when asked about which party was best able to protect middle class families, the five point advantage for Democrats four months ago evaporated and the parties essentially tied on the question. Well, Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine two weeks ago, so I, we need some accounting for the for the previous three and a half months, I guess. And this point you make cannot be stressed enough that it, this whole push to get an EV, you know, by Mayor Pete and, and or I guess, Secretary Pete now, you know, don't say gay. 
feels it just it it reeks of upper rich white class again i keep using you know the metropolitan cities like brooklyn and new york and san francisco it just reeks of that like you just you need to stop driving like i saw reactions to my tweets on that when i said you know joe biden's going to learn that it's a lot cheaper and easier to go out and vote than it is to you know go out and buy a tesla right now and the, a lot of the reaction I got said, well, no, it's not. It's not easy to do that. Well, I mean, technically, you need an ID to buy a Tesla still. Um, that'll probably change. Um, and you, you see this, again, you see this attitude permeating to where it's like the newsroom at Vox.com thinks that they, you know, have their, you know, thumb on the scale of America. And again, the, the thing that is going to be the big wake up call is November. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, Sam, go ahead and uh, wrap up. And uh... Oh, it, it's fine. Um, you know, there's about 10,000 things I could say on this subject, but just simply, I'll just say that the area that I used that my hometown, my rural area 20 years ago, it would have voted the complete opposite of what it votes. Now it's 75, 25 red. Now it would have been 75, 25 blue. 20, 30 years ago. And if that doesn't sum up what Democrats, just what they've become as a party, whether you like it or not, again, there are some Democrats that hang around, but most of them are gone. And, you know, that just kind of sums up how they became the coastal elitist party that they are today. Yeah, it was a really weird shift. I mean, I think that they thought everything got fixed when Joe Biden beat Trump. So Trump wins... Uh, and thanks for that, Samuel. Um, Trump wins, what, Pennsylvania, Michigan. I'll throw in Ohio. He wins Wisconsin. People forget that Trump almost won Minnesota. Like, he almost eked that one out in 2016. And I think that the Democratic Party was so under the impression that the election was stolen, as Jen Psaki still repeated today, that that was a fluke. And Joe Biden winning those states. Well, we got those back. There are states again. Well, no, Joe Biden still won some of those states with under 10,000 votes. And that was basically, you know, in my opinion, Trump not being able to shut the fuck up long enough to win the election, which is what that was about. So you had all of these voters in these blue states who just said, you know, we've had enough of this. We've had enough of losing our jobs and then just being told, hey, you need to learn to code. And by the way, here's some fentanyl to kill the time. And they just said enough. The union bosses went in. They voted for Hillary Clinton and they told their union members, you've got to go vote for Hillary. She's got our back. Why aren't I 50 points ahead? And then the the union members, the workers, the factory workers, they all just went, oh, sure. No, sure thing, man. And then they all went and they voted for Trump. And so I still think that they think that that was, oh, we got that back. That's okay now. And you're still seeing that attitude just kind of permeate throughout this party. And like I said, it's probably going to be an enormous wake-up call in about six to seven months. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm tired of talking today, but I'm going to keep going. I mean, if I'm just being honest. <laughs> I did I just did, I did the podcast, and I, I try – when I do these kind of back-to-backs, I try to, like, do the podcast early and then – give some time and then, you know, whatever. And just through editing and everything, I ran like right up. I had about 40 minute break to uh, come in and just start doing this. So, but the funniest thing about these things, it's like, I I kind of dread doing them. And then once we get into the flow of doing them, then it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So no, no one's going to, you know, bring up my birth certificate or something. Uh, No, I don't 
think I need a need for do that unless I have blackmail. Joseph, where are you in the country? You don't have to give me your exact like you know location, but where are you in the country? What are gas prices doing? What is the media coverage? And are you going to consider buying? So I'm from Virginia, so we just elected like our our Lord and Savior, uh, Glenn Youngkin, but it's still mostly kind of bluish as we still have a couple of uh, uh, mostly like Democrat congressmen kind of like in our like little district. Um, As of right now, the gas is 429. So yeah, it's a, it's, risen like dramatically over the last couple of days and um as for the coverage i have not paid paid much attention to it as i should the only thing i try to pull up was currently through like a clip um from our local news channel just highlighting the fact of like how people are trying to like adjust to this the best they can i think one person said that like they're trying to do like carpooling or whatever and um so as for me, as to the electric car question, I don't think I would do it. I'm just too much of a plain Jane as to like, you know, just driving gasoline because I don't, I don't know how long in the future it will be to like majority of the country moves fully to electric. So it's just, um, I when, you say me, like, I'll just... when you say you like plain Jane, like what's the specific objection? Like you just, you like, you like the, you like the fumes or like, what yeah. is it like? Um, is it you, you like a truck or you just like something, you don't like the designs, you don't like the idea of being pushed into it. You don't want to put a charger in your house. Like, so when you're opposed to it, why, why are you opposed to it? Like if you, it's, it's purely, it's purely convenience because like, we still have like a whole bunch of like, you know, gas stations around the area. We don't, we're not really adapted to like handle, say like, you know, have an electric charging station. The only one that I've seen it is like at another gas station. That's like 20 miles from like where I live. So it's like the, conven- the convenience is already like pushed out of the equation because I live in like in a small a small city, and we're not like a high affluent like city either. So it's like we don't have like that type of convenience anyway. So that's why I kind of like get, because gasoline to me is just like more accessible than say like electric. Now, granted, in twenty years time that might change. And if it does, maybe I'll probably consider it. But as of me, like I'm just used to like gasoline and like. Why break something that's like not necessarily broken? Even though right now it's fucking broken. <laughs> yeah, I kind of it's it's funny when they mentioned twenty years. There's some things I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna probably shuffle off this rock right when shit gets cool with things like cars. Like we won't have flying, but they'll definitely hover. Like we'll just yeah. get to the point where I'm like, you know, thirty years from now, I'll be seventy years old, sitting in my own filth and. I'll just go like, hey, look, they're hovering, just like I said they would. And then, you know, <clears throat> I'm done. And so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of echo the point that I think a lot of people are, which is like, yeah, I'm not opposed to it, but I just, I don't see the technologies there. And you're also asking me to, you know, they, they make it sound like, hey, we're going to get you off gasoline. Wouldn't that be great? But you're not going to have to pay for gas anymore. And you're going to, and you're going to make that Swedish teenager happy. Don't we, don't we all just want to finally see her have a good life? And they don't, they don't take into the fact that you're going to have to fucking charge the thing at your house. Who's paying for that? I'm sure you're probably, I guess you can mark this. I'm pretty good at these predictions. You're probably going to see Congresswoman airport designation and the squad probably, you know, when they're all old and gray and 20 years and, you know, they finally are just kind of like, 
we're, we're over you people, but they're going to start coming out for elect, electric free subsidized low income electric charging stations. So not only are you going to be financing your own goddamn electricity in your own house, which is going to cause your bill to skyrocket, unless you get solar panels, which will be the next thing, uh, built by all built by former journalists. Um, One could unless, So you're not only be paying for your own electricity charging, you are going to be subsidizing. I guarantee you, this is an argument you will hear within the next two to three years, which is we must subsidize charging stations for low income individuals. And that is absolutely going to come. Well, now we're paying that. Um, it's worth noting while I have Joseph on, uh, Jeff Stein of the Washington Post, Secretary Janet Yellen tells me the Biden administration is considering a gas tax holiday, but is concerned that much of it benefits could go to, to, to go to oil companies at a time of constrained supply. Uh, she's meeting with, I don't know if this is in Denver, but Colorado Governor Polis uh, has called for a suspension of the federal gas tax. So that's where we're at. Um, Anyway, so go ahead and like uh, give me some more thoughts. And then... uh, you couldn't hear me laughing over that um, the headline and that quote, but I'm just like baffled. It's like, yeah, that's how they always think. And even the going back to like your subsidizing predictions, that one I can see too. I'm just waiting for it to happen because, like you said before, like Democrats always want to save and fund everything, as they always fucking do. Yeah, I mean, it's just you, you, all you have to do, I mean, it's an equation you take, you know, if they're going to do X, Y, Z, and then you just plug, you just plug in the bits. They're, they're not that hard to predict. Uh, Joseph, thanks. Thanks for stopping in. Probably see you, see you next week, man. Uh, hey, Steven, how are you? Good, I got you. Um, so I'm, I'm in Long Beach, California, and last night I filled up my car and I paid $6.30 a gallon. I was just going to say, you're, you're in ground zero right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is that I used to, I mistakenly used a debit card and the, and so I couldn't even fill up my gas tank because it stopped at a hundred bucks. Oh, good. Oh, that's that's great. Um, <laughs> I don't. I guess I don't really need to ask. But what is what is your local? Obviously, if you're in Long Beach, your you know your local coverage is pretty much national coverage. But what what is it is is are they all in in your neck of the are they all in where you are on blame Putin and inflation is not his fault uh, or what is the news coverage and what is the attitude of people around long like are attitude shifting are they tired of it what's is that compiled with COVID restrictions what's, what's it? interestingly enough I think the the local news just seems to be ignoring you know sort of who's to blame and they're they're talking about you know are you driving less because of gas high gas prices and talking about people uh trying to steal gas and then the the other thing that's been wait wait around, come back to that you know you need you need you can't we need you can't just slide that one in there and then you ask us to ignore it so what what stories do you see people like stealing gas are they siphoning or is it just like yeah. they're they're yeah, pumping and leaving or siphoning uh, the, 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 those things, and then I think so that's a normal that's a normal less, day uh, for Long Beach. I mean, that's a normal day for your for Southern California. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And then the then the other one is that I guess uh, the legislature is in talks with Governor Newsom to um, to do uh, to put a, a tax holiday because we have the joy of paying fifty one cents a gallon in state tax alone on our gas. Uh, so that's the other thing that's been um, that that's the other thing that's been floated in the news. So L- lovely out here. <laughs> have you uh, have you 
uh, have you taken the scolding to heart and have you considering selling or trading in your current vehicle? Um, no. Um, and not to sound sort of elitist, but I've, I, I bought a, I bought a pretty fancy luxury car about two years ago. And, and honestly, the only reason why I didn't buy a Tesla is because I've always been a fan of sort of the big boat cars and they don't sell the electric versions of those. Right. I mean, they've got the SUV, but their sedans are not like the big ones. Like they're not like the size of an S class or like an Audi A8, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I wanted a bigger car. Um, I didn't want, I didn't want, I didn't want like a small sedan. Cause I, I test one of my buddies has a Tesla and I, and I, and I, and I've sat in, in the, the Tesla SUV and they're not as roomy as you would think. And I'm kind of a big guy. I'm six, three, you know, you know, approaching three bills. And so I didn't, you know, would have been nice to drive the thing around, but I don't think I would have been very comfortable. What are those like? We see what they look like on the outside. They look like they look like a resistance vehicle from the original Terminator film, like the silver angle boxes. And like you just you just want to mount like an M80 in the back and like whatever. <laughs> what are yeah. those things like on the when you say they're not roomy? That's kind of always been the complaint with older vehicles. And this is this is something that's interesting to me. Also, is it feels like passive like. Pa- Cab size, especially for bigger trucks, has just come miles in the last twenty years. To where it used to—I mean, my dad had an old pickup truck that you know, if you if you went over a bump, it was like a chiropractor appointment. And yeah, now, yeah. I mean, it's like you get in you get in like a nice F one fifty, or you get in a big truck, and it's—I mean, it's like it's a luxury car. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, so when you say it's not like roomy, so if you had to describe what the inside of that Tesla truck is like, like what? Does it feel like something that you're you're going to take out and haul a bunch of shit, or is it also, or is it? Well, no, I didn't. It's not a truck. It's I'm talking about the SUV. Right. I haven't actually been in that in that crazy oh, okay. truck. Um, hey, when you're uh, when you're sitting inside the SUV, um, you know it's it is very sleek. And then the the weird thing that it takes, you know, you'd have to get used to is like you're just you're sitting there. And the only control thing, the only thing is like it looks like a massive iPad in the middle, right? I mean, there are no buttons on the rest of the car. Right. Um, and so but it's just it's just like if you see the chairs, I mean, they're kind of very thin, even though they're supposed to be luxury. So I, I didn't find them to be particularly comfortable when I sat in that Model X. Um, and so that's and so. That, and again, maybe if you're like a normal size adult, maybe maybe it's, it's less of a less of an issue. But I think if you're a tall or, or, or if you're a tall person, I don't think that their cars are the most comfortable in the world. It's just my my view. But, you know, but I but I really admit I'm a. Uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough. I mean, I, I I drive an Audi, so I know not everyone. Yeah, I mean, one. Of the, I mean, this is obvious. This is an obvious point. Is it, there there is this kind of animosity? You see this with journalists, and you see this with blue checks on Twitter when they post like a grill of an F one fifty and be like, "This is a child killer. This should be yeah. this shouldn't be on the road." <laughs> and that's another thing. Like, do any of these companies have any intention to make large cab? large cabin vehicles or is that just nope we're taking this away and you're just going to have to go back to you know the, uh, having a normal four-door you know zip car sorry Ugh. um and i mean i just i don't know i don't know what the technology if they're working on this kind of stuff or whatever but it doesn't feel like it like you don't hear much about you know the you know the the great the next the next the future of evs or you know here's the suv elante or whatever and yeah. So that's another thing that they just they kind of just gloss over that they just don't think that you should have that big of a car. That's kind of just I know that that's obnoxious to say, but that really does feel like like the baseline starting for. Nope, you're just you're going to have a nice cute little four-door sedan. Sorry, you're done. Go ahead, go, go ahead, give me some finishing thoughts and then. Uh, 
Oh yeah, just, just one last unrelated factor, and you were talking sure. about um, the last um, about you know a president who hadn't lost um, seats during a midterm. Oh, here we go. Um, actually, actually, George George W. Bush, right after nine eleven, he actually gained seats. Uh, that would have been two thousand two. Yeah, he lost two. he lost Congress in oh six. So Correct. there it was. It was our greatest living president. <laughs> Thank you for that, Raphael. Well, no problem. Take care. So basically, all Joe Biden needs to, to hold Congress is another 9-11 or a nuclear holocaust. On that, hey, look. Hey, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Where are you in the country? What are gas prices doing? What's the media coverage like? And would you consider an, electron, an electric vehicle? I keep saying fucking electron. This literally just started <laughs> today. I was, I was on my podcast, and I was just talking and, I, and it came through, and so I stopped and I edited, and then it happened like two more times, and I have no idea why I've just suddenly started saying electronic vehicle. I this is so stupid. Anyways, yeah, we're all going to have to use uh, RC vehicles here soon, uh, remote controlled little cars. Uh, now I'm I'm uh, just outside of Nashville, um, and gas prices are right around about four forty um, where I am. And obviously, deep red state. Um, they talk about the the Senate caucus and the and the legislature. The they call them the Prius caucus because they can hold their caucus meetings in uh, in their own Prius. Uh, there's about five of them. But um, a couple days ago, I thought it was interesting, and Raphael brought this up too. Um, a couple of the the Democrats that are in the House are calling on Governor Lee to um, enact a, a gas tax holiday here in the state. Um, which here's so we, about so we have our so we have our next talking point coming. Yeah, which is we need to do this because the oil companies are greedy. So that's coming. Yeah, and, and it seems to be something that's that's being directed towards the the state legislators too to call on on these governors to not the gas tax. So in Tennessee, it's about twenty seven cents a gallon, which um, it's not going to make that much of a difference for me. Um, drive a, an SUV too. And, and so um, last time I filled up is about $80 um, for my 20 gallons in the tank. Um, well, that's your fault. So you're killing the planet and you have. <laughs> right. It's the, it's the price I got to pay uh, for being just very irresponsible. But um, yeah, so I, I thought the gas tax uh, holiday was interesting. And, and I think it's, it's funny that it's, it's taken the failures of Joe Biden to turn the democratic party into a, uh, a party of uh, uh, of tax holidays and, and lower taxes, um, you know, if only they took that same approach with income taxes, um, you know, then we might be getting somewhere. Uh, what's the, what's the media coverage on on all this? Like, is it blacking out? Is, are they blaming Putin? Is it Ukraine, or are they kind of like uh, full on? Let's go. You know, the the media is not. Um, Overtly, local media is not overtly um, liberal here, but I wouldn't say they're they're super conservative either. Um, it you know they're they're talking about it, but um, it's not necessarily um, leading the, the front page. I think a lot of other people are doing kind of the the interest stories on individuals. Um, I will say I, I do work with um, quite a few Democrats, and and they are picking up the Putin talking point for sure. Um, I think that's more out of uh, out of some some shame and and defensiveness around. Uh, uh, the prices that they're they're having to shell out, and, and even they're talking about it just in our our casual conversations um, in the office, which I thought was uh, I thought was interesting. It's it's um, it's tough to ignore, I think, with uh, with just how high everything's getting. Um, and then uh, to to kind of switch gears a little bit, everybody's um, 
favorite fact checker I saw um, was was fact checking the important um, news of the day of, of Trump's fundraising emails. Daniel Dell um, really hitting hitting the uh, the high notes there. So I, I don't know if you covered that on your podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I thought that was uh, pretty funny. No, and it's it's been an interesting day for them at CNN. Uh, with the Rolling Stone report coming out. And I've been talking to people about the Rolling Stone thing. And, and, I, and I thought about doing it on this, but I, I may do Monday uh, on this because more, more just keeps coming out about how closely coordinated Cuomo was with Jeff Zucker. And people like Daniel Dale, you, you know, these are the people who demanded that, you know, when Fox went through their own kind of house cleaning, that everyone, if you if you remain silent on this, or if you remain silent on, Tucker Carlson, you're complicit in this. And then, of course, they have a scandal that could be bigger than what happened with Roger Ailes. I mean, that's if they're different. I don't want to I don't want to say that because of the women involved. And that was pretty disgusting. And Ailes, you know, lopping his job of the tongue all over those people. But what's what CNN, when you see the coordination and the problem with people like Daniel Dale is it proves assholes like me right which is why they can't talk about it, which is why they ignore it, which is why he goes into talking about Trump's fundraising emails or Trump's interview on some, you know, energy drink podcast or whatever it is. Or that's why they start talking about um, Madison Cawthorn, who I am absolutely no fan of, you know, primary him, get him out of Congress. Um, But uh, they start talking about his driver's license or or some shit like that. And, That's there's a reason for that is because CNN, who accused Fox or anyone else for the last four years, turns out to just be uh, dirtier and more in bed with Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> sorry, sorry for that. <laughs> um, than anything to do with, you know, you know, Fox and Trump. And I know Hannity is advising Trump all the time, and that's just as gross. But here you had, you know, Jeff Zucker directing Andrew Cuomo, praising, you know, that's a Trump for Andrew and a win for, you know, or, you know, that's a win for Andrew and a loss for Trump. Go Trump. And it really was. And I know it's Rolling Stone, but this is one of these times I, I would encourage you to go read it. And for someone who has spent four years on this topic of Jeff Zucker and CNN and the media coverage that they gave Trump only to just like, oh, shit, you know, no, we didn't do that when Trump won uh, has been pretty much my bag for years and years and years. And I was talking with someone who's pretty high up in journal world. And I said, this is why this is why the anti anti Trump label doesn't bother me, because, uh, yeah, Trump's a problem, but he wasn't, you know, he's the monster of the Frankenstein laboratory and the people who enabled him and who created him are an infinitely bigger issue for the politics of this country and the people who go after Trump at the expense of their own careers to advance those careers on CNN and MSNBC don't realize that they are part of the machine that created Trump and helped put him in the White House. And as I've said, and I'll repeat it, there is no other one single person on the face of this planet more responsible for any of that than Jeff Zucker. And so that's something you have to remember when, you know, one of these conservatives goes storming out of Fox News and then they just land their ass right on CNN and you just go, oh, interesting. So and I wrote Jeff Zucker's not there anymore. Um I had a piece that said, you know, we're going to see what happens with new leadership and they want to go back to straight news. And as I laid out in my piece, if you did, if you haven't read it yet, you should. You should read everything that I write. 
Um, I basically said they're going to have to fire every single person that Jeff Zucker hired. That includes Jake Tapper, Jim Acosta, Brian Stelter, Oliver Darcy, uh, Amanda Carpenter, all the contributors, because those are all people who view this world as a WWE style. It's us against them in a wrestling ring, and we're all just going to throw dollars at you and watch. And um, that that's why people like Daniel Dale, who should also go, he was a Jeff Zucker hire. That's why they spend uh, ample amount of time on uh, someone who is not in power and his fundraising. And I think it was something like his plane. I didn't see it, but it was something like his plane broke. And he's asking donations to get a new great America plane or some shit. Uh, yeah, that's who he is. That's That's been his whole career. But he's also not president and has Go ahead and yeah, I'll let you yeah, that, that, finish that, up. And then uh, I'm going to go Andrea, Ian, and Eric. And then we're going to wrap up. No, you know, when the actual president today saying that uh, increased government spending doesn't actually uh, impact inflation, that might be worth spending uh, a little bit more time on. Um, from Daniel's perspective, and, and but, yelling at uh, yeah, no. thinking, yelling at the American people for I'm tired of you people thinking this. Like it's like, whoa, <laughs> man, you're <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, yeah, uh, that, that's all I had. Thanks for doing this and uh, hung up. Listen, thanks, man. Thanks, Logan. Uh, Andrew, you're up. Thank you for breaking up the sausage party. Um, I want to say that right off the bat. So we appreciate that. Uh, we need more. We need more women in this room, especially with International Women's Day this week. Um, oh, okay, great. Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, we got you. Okay, okay you? I'll. Um, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the Woodlands, Texas, which is an exurb north of Houston. So gas is three eighty eight, but I'm in the same boat. <laughs> but I'm in the same boat as Raphael. I drive a BMW, only takes premium, so I'm paying four forty nine. Ouch. We'll see, a we'll see that's your own fault. You know? It's it's my favorite car. And no, I would not go to an electric car. I don't like the way they look. They they're all just mid size hatchback sedans. There's no like originality with design. They're not enjoyable to drive. I'm in no hurry to get into an electric vehicle. And I don't like the big iPad in the middle. I like buttons and knobs. See, I like that. I, I, I like that it's like all touchscreen and stuff like that. And um, I don't know. It just it looks sleek and simple. But uh, again, I'm, I'm not criticizing. Everyone has their own yeah. thing. Um, what no, happens, what happens if, so, so what happens if uh, are, you, are you like a Beamer? Are you a BMW girl? Like you're going to only drive BMWs from now until you know, the grave and then be, and then, um, have, and then have the car. Be- <laughs> no, um, this is my third or fourth BMW in a row. Okay, so and, but I just love them. Like okay. so, I had a Mercedes first and now it's just like driving a boat. And then I got into a BMW and I was like, Oh, this is so, so much fun. So here's a, so here's a, so here's a good point. So let's say, we're all talking about how like electrical vehicles and they're adopting technology and stuff like this. Yeah. So let's say uh, the next the next BMW comes out and you and you just you see the design, you see the model, you're loving <laughs> it. You go to you go to the showroom, you get in to drive it, and it has a big old iPad there now. So let's say you have these t- these traditional cars and luxury vehicles start adop- start a- adopting technology that you're only seeing in. And I know like I know cars have touchscreens. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I'm talking no, about the full on already... integration of getting rid of the consoles. And let's say yeah. BMW has a giant. I. 
Um, I don't know. Because I mean, some drive, luxury. Would you drive a BMW with an iPad over <laughs> a Tesla with? Um. Yes, because Tesla's cars all look the same to me. Even like I cannot tell the difference between a Model S and a Model X. They just they look the same. You know what I mean? And the in the interior, I'm just not wowed by it. Like I don't like the dashboard how it's just um, horizontal. I like a cockpit kind of deck. You know, driver's seat area. I'm really particular about my cars. <laughs> So it sounds like you're going to have a hard time adjusting to our new liberal dystopian future oh, here yeah. in, in the next year or two when they, yeah. they come and they confiscate your car and force you into something else. So, so to continue, uh, you would, you would, you would force yourself to adjust to a BMW, a gas guzzling BMW with, but with a flat iPad console. I don't know because like Mercedes, like Raphael was talking about, he likes a big S um sedan so on the s class mercedes has already adopted like the huge ipad touchscreen with the horizontal dash and i think it totally takes away like the luxury feel of that particular car the s class you know the big sedan but um that's kind of something that people have been critiquing bmw for because bmw has not opted to go that direction they're still with the knobs they're all high tech now, but that's kind of like their thing. Right. So we'll see. We'll see how BMW chooses to go forward. You know, Tesla, like what they're doing. Te Tesla's in your state now. Don't you have to like constitutionally support? <laughs> no, I mean, I love Elon Musk. I love what he's about. And I, his Twitter game is like fire. Like you were talking, I think, yesterday on the podcast about. Uh, the ruthless guys—they're always talking about his tweets. I love it. I just wish he could get a little more creative with the design of the Tesla. Like, there's no coupe, there's no SUV that really looks like an SUV. If he did some of that kind of stuff, I'd look at it. You know what I mean? But when it comes to driving, I don't know. I just—I like an internal combustion engine. I like to hear my engine rev. I like to feel the torque. I like all that. I don't think you can get that in an electric car, but I might be wrong. I've never driven one. Well, um, it sounds like you just have to get over your white privilege because all of that stuff <laughs> is going away here when, you, when we go to these more silent cars. You, it's, it's weird. You don't care about noise pollution. You don't care about the trauma that noise pollution has on uh, no. marginalized. No. And am I the only person on the right? Like, I don't like I care about the environment but nothing in my day-to-day -day life do I ever stop and think how is this going to affect the environment does that make me some kind of evil person no but but you, you <laughs> I think you were listening but you're also not someone who you know you throw your fucking big gulp cup out the window unless you are I mean, no in no place, so that stuff could get lost but I mean that's kind of what I mean that, that there's there's common sense environmentalism and most people adhere by it like most people pick up their dog shit and most people throw stuff away in, in a receptacle and most people don't throw shit out the window anymore and we're still just getting beat over the head with you're such a bad person because of the fucking car you drive and that's it's something it's something that's funny so just to kind of let you know the funny story so a, a long long time ago 
Uh, my brother's kind of a lib. He's turning more libertarian over mandates because he has two teenagers who had to wear masks in school, which is pretty great. And he was a major lib and he was yelling at me. And at the time I lived in a house that ran on like 13 amps of electricity. I had, a, had, a, I had an electric lawnmower and he had like a four bedroom house where his, you know, his Excel bill was more than my college student loan payment at the time. And I'm just kind of like, why am I getting lectured here? Just because I, I don't, you know, right. most people are common sense environmentalists. Like, yeah, we, we want to have a nice place to live. We, we like it when things look good. But this idea that like, you know, you're killing the polar bear because of you, you like to have your BMWs is absurd to most people. So no, it doesn't make you a bad person. Okay. But I'm not, um, but like. I'm I'm a fellow Curb Your Enthusiasm fan, and the episode when Cheryl was buying like the crappy toilet paper, right? I don't do that. Yeah, I no. can't. No, no it's Charmin Ultra all the way. I don't care. But hey, um, I commented last week on the podcast that this whole thing about Biden and the Dems, like that tweet thread they had yesterday, where it's like, if we all switch to electric cars, do you think the more they pushed this? At a time right now where gas prices are going up like 10 cents a day, do you think in time this might become an issue kind of like how people flipped on the teachers unions? Like, do you think people consensus could flip about the push for green energy if they keep going as hardcore as they're going now? I, I, I mean, and me and just uh, personally. Like, would it wake and... people up? to being like, what the, what the hell are these people doing? Um, I, I think, I mean, there's two places you don't want to hit people. And I mean, three places, which we've learned with Democrats, one is their health care, two is their kids. And now three is going to be their wallet. And mm-hmm. Dems are, Dems are good at big picture issues. They're good at, you know, um, you know, they're good at some, uh, symbols. They're good at slogans. They're good at hashtags. They're good at making these broad generations. The don't say gay thing uh, is a good example. Yeah. They're good at. They're good at these things. But what they're not good at is being able to explain things that actually hit people. So when you and so when you uh, and thank you, Andrea. Uh, it's good to mm-hmm. hear from you. Um, yeah. When you when you when you push, you know, I think that there's a certain amount of this stuff that people are willing to take. So, and I said this during the pandemic, which is, you know, parents will be okay if, you know, their school's left lean. And they know that the teachers unions are in cocks with Biden and Democrats. And they know all of that. And it's like, you know what, just as long as my kid is there and they're with their friends and they're happy and like, whatever, you know, that's enough. And then it gets to a point, like I said, when we learn that, you know, their eight-year-old Xander Puss white kid is being told he has white privilege and he's a racist. And suddenly that's when parents go, wait, what the fuck? What did you say? And there are moments like that. And I, and I don't, I, I, I genuinely think, you know, $8 gasoline is something that, you know, progresses in cities like New York at SF and places like that. They're going to look at it like mask mandates. Well, it's for the community and it's better for the planet and we have to slow the spread. And like one of the funniest jokes I've seen was Sager from, you know, Turning Point just go, it's $15 to slow the spread. And I think that that's the mentality. And one, it's not affecting them. So they don't, like I said, these 27, 28-year-old journalists in New York City um, who don't have families, they don't care. They don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about, you know, your drive. We've seen this attitude on Twitter lately where they're just saying, you could move closer. So now I need to buy a new house? Like, what is this? Or, you know, you could get a different job or you could even go remote. 
And as I've hinted at, somebody who commented on that on my on my podcast gave me a brilliant idea for another piece, which is that it's like you're going to see this push, which is you're selfish if you if you want to go out and drive on eight dollar gasoline. That's you, but you're selfish and you're you're killing the planet and you're also killing Ukrainians now. And you're going to see this push to go back to remote until this all settles down. And like I said, it's always you who have to make sacrifices, and it's never them. Um, we're going to take Ian, Eric, Matt, and I'll take Omid, and that will wrap up. That should take us probably to 7 o'clock. Oh, I'm just peachy keen, Stephen. How are you? Where are you in the country? Uh, what are your gas prices? What is your media coverage like? And are you considering an, an electric? Uh, I am in Northern Virginia. I saw the price earlier this week, uh, a high of 445, but not all the stations, uh, not all the gas stations had gotten up to that. Uh, and that was, I think at the start of this week on Sunday. Uh, and I don't really follow the local Washington media because, well, I don't really care about Washington, D.C., and uh, I'm not going to buy an electric vehicle because I just bought a new car, a new RAV4 last year, and I'm going to drive that son of a bitch into the ground. But uh, what year yeah. was the RAV4? Is it brand new or is it used? Uh, used 2017. Eh, that's, I drive a 2010, so that's still kind of modern era. So those, yeah, that yeah. thing will go forever. That thing will go until they confiscate it from you and and, and give you. I mean, if they're going to give it to me, I'm not sure I won't turn it down. But the problem is, I don't think that's going to be a gift. So would uh, you if you had to just if let's say you got a government voucher to trade in your car for an EV, but everything else is up to you. So you have to do the charging, you have to do the bill paying, whatever like that. Would you take it? Let's say it's let's say it's a no. brand new. Let's say it's a brand new Tesla. I I couldn't because I the reason I have a car because I was, I moved, I didn't have a car in college, and I moved here right next to my place of work because I shared a car with my uh, with my brother and sister in college, and then they moved to places that you needed a car, uh, and I moved to the D.C. area right next to where I work so that I didn't have to, uh, and then I, the only reason I really got it was because it's a pain in the ass to get back to where my hometown is in West Virginia without a car because there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of flights into West Virginia, and it, I don't think I've literally ever seen a public electric vehicle charger, so it would it would be literally impossible for me to do to drive back to my parents' house for the holidays, which is the entire reason I own a car. So again, I'm hearing a lot of white privilege, uh, but I'm not hearing like any solutions to our climate crisis. Clearly, well, see, that's that's the thing is I I attended school in West Virginia also, and I actually studied petroleum engineering and uh, energy finance. So it's been very interesting listening to all of the the sudden expertise on how the oil market works. Uh, and I don't work in the industry because I hate engineering, but the, I have a friend that still does, and she works for one of the big, uh, servicers and she 
she's Italian, and so she refers to it as going Mussolini on the fact that people don't seem to understand how leasing works or how the industry works in terms of oil supply and demand. What's the biggest thing this administration's getting wrong or lying about then? So because of how oil leases work and just the process that goes into developing the land to drill oil wells and just the demand that exists there, you have to buy leases or get leases years ahead of time before you even intend to drill. And so when they come out and say that they're only using 75% of the leases, that's that should actually be concerning that it's that high. Because what that suggests is that they're not expecting to expand production anytime in the near future. Uh, because they're, especially with how few, with the limitations that they're putting on the leases moving forward, it just means that when there's not only are there no plans to expand it now, there aren't any plans to expand it in the near future either. Uh, so you're, 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 you, so you have in on this whole stuff. So basically what you're going to be telling us all now is prediction wise, we're pretty much all screwed for the long term. Uh, yes, but basically what she was, I was talking to her about it and she was saying that based upon our current production capacity in the U S we, it's just not feasible for people to expect the U S to replace the oil that Russia had in the market because but it's if, only 10%. Jensaki said it's only 10%. Well, the issue is that we're not the only ones that buy it and so if we if we are trying to ignore that then what we're sitting there and saying is that then is the only countries on earth that can replace that production is are Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and uh, for obvious reasons, Venezuela has no desire to help us. And then Saudi Arabia seems to, it's been reported this week, has no interest in increasing production for our benefit either. So we, we are completely out of control. Uh, we have no control over this at the moment. And so we... Yeah, the, essentially what you said is correct. We are screwed. Uh, they're they're bending us over a barrel at this point. Unless, unless, oh, pardon your pun, unless we all go out and buy electronic. Oh, fuck, I did it again. Oh my God. <laughs> I have to fix this. Unless we all go out and buy, <laughs> unless we all go out and buy electric vehicles, right? Well, that's And, that's and you said you're not going to do that, so you're clearly the problem. I've I've been told I'm the problem by countless people. I I was studying petroleum and natural gas and got a graduate degree. I'm sure that everyone there was uh, that was also a graduate degree just loved me when I walked into the room. But the the thing that just will always bother me every time is that people it it's this philosophy like how people think that. food comes from the grocery store this idea that because it's electricity that we're not you're not the one burning the oil in your car so the electricity is cleaner but it's i'm from west virginia i can tell you 
we still have most of the energy running on coal and oil and natural gas. And the, the main problem that comes with switching over to wind and solar and geothermal and hydro is not, it's not even necessarily the fact that they're inefficient. It's the fact that the, the sun isn't out for half the day. Wind isn't always blowing. And so when that happens, you need to have energy stored. And so all those batteries that cost a ton to replace the $6,000 batteries for motor vehicles, you would need that on a massive scale to be able to cover the times that we don't have the power that's needed in the winter just because it's stopped, it stopped, the wind has stopped blowing or the sun isn't out and it's just prohibitively expensive to store that energy as opposed and build the batteries as opposed to just building a drum that you can pour the oil into that you bring out and can burn at a moment's notice to produce that new energy. Yeah, but you're killing the planet, Ian. Do you realize that? The polar bear, hope, the polar bear doesn't I'm have a place to I live am. and Greta Thunberg isn't going back to school anytime soon. So I hope you see like what's going on. Uh, give me some, give me some final thoughts. I'm going to move on to Matt, Omid, and then Eric. I apologize. Um, if you come back next week, I'll make sure you're top of the list and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. My final thought is I hope I'm killing the planet and making it warmer because I come from the mountain state and fuck it's cold. Yeah. I'm always a little chilly. Yeah. Too. I, I'm, I'm from Colorado. <laughs> and that's, that was also one of my favorite Dennis Miller bits. Like I'm always a little chilly. Shouldn't it, should, wouldn't it be great if it was like, you know, a degree or two warmer, like, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the best thing about that is the, the environment is just, they can't stand it when you say that stuff. And it's just, it's just you're killing us. And yeah, I'm with you. I'm always a little bit uh, chilly. So yeah, I'll take it. Um, Matt, how are you? I think you always come in like kind of wrapping things up. So don't, don't. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? Good. Where are you in the country? What what is gas prices doing? What is your media coverage like? And would you ever consider an electric? <laughs> uh, I'm actually like the other Matt. I currently live in Massachusetts, um, so pretty similar. Gas prices were like four thirty. I'm actually driving home right now, all the way to New Jersey. So I am actively killing the planet by burning gasoline are right you, now. Are you- can you see any charging stations when you stop or when you go by or when you pull into gas stations? Do you see anything between Massachusetts and New Jersey? Before, before we start talking about in, like a, in a mall. Oh, you saw you saw I one? have seen one in like one of those like strip malls and, and had like a couple of Tesla um, chargers. So I I actually have seen one, and I live near Boston, so I see like Teslas all the time. There are a lot of people that uh, really, really like them there. So I'm sure that there are charging plates, charging stations around there. I just haven't, I don't notice them when I'm going around. So I don't know. Um, but I personally, I would say Tesla's probably on the short list of cars that I would purchase next if I were in the market for purchasing a vehicle. Um, I do think that they look sleek, but I also prefer a bigger car. I prefer like an SUV or a, or a small truck. Why so, aren't you in the market for a new car? We're being told that we got to trade cars in. We, you should go and do this. So what is the reason you're not in the market for a new 
I have a 20-year-old car that's driving fine right now. So I don't really want to take money out and put it in, take, you know, three to $500 a month and put it into a new vehicle. But you realize we have to do this, right? We have 12 years, maybe. So I don't understand. I mean, if you have a 20-year-old car anyway, so why, why wouldn't you just go and do this now? That was the time. If you go and do this, you're... I thought being patriotic was uh, was right-wing nationalism. And I, you know, I think that aren't those uh, QAnon people pretty pretty patriotic? I think that's problematic, Stephen. No, those are interesting. Well, what uh, so you said you're, uh, you're, you're, you said you're with kind of the other Matt in, in Massachusetts. So I, I assume your media coverage, and you said Boston is pretty much the same. Boston's another one. I keep I keep talking about like Brooklyn and New York just because I live there and I talk about SF. But Boston's another one where it's kind of one of these metropolitan cities where it's just like yes, we can we can all drive these cars all over the country because I drive one, you know, three to four miles a day to to my grocery store and then I drive back. And if it sounds like I'm like lampooning and I sound like elite doing that on this, it's because I lived around these people for over 10 years. So uh, part of this is coming from, you know, actual experience. Right. I mean, I, I would have to stop on this trip home when, you know, I would really not want to do that. But they, right. It, it, it would be very easy if I wanted to, to get around Boston and like that area with an electric vehicle. It, it is, I find it, very elitist of people to just say that um you know like and with the cost of a new ev versus going buying a used car that might be affordable to someone not anymore but it used to be affordable to buy a used car um yeah it it frustrates me to see that uh give me give me a couple closing thoughts anything you want and then I'm going to move on to Omid, and we'll sure. do a, a quick wrap up. So, give give me anything else that you. I guess if you're driving, uh, give give me some of like your your most psychotic car thoughts on, on driving from Boston to New. Uh, I don't like the state of Connecticut very much. It's way too big, way too long, and there's always traffic. There's always construction going through it, and all the highways seem to go down to two lanes, like permanently forever. And I I don't understand why. It takes forever to get through. That's my, that's my psychotic, uh, <laughs> my psychotic thought. I would love it if Connecticut was just like one big super highway, the entire state. See, I like no, I totally get because I've driven through there, um, because it's all the New York traffic. It's all this people getting the hell out of New York. Um, see, I love, and I can understand because you're just driving through blackness right now, um, like my soul. Uh, but I actually, I, I like Connecticut. Connecticut's one of my, like, it, just visually, it's like one of my favorite states for some stupid reason. So, um, but yeah, no, driving is, it's, it's so hit or miss through Connecticut. Like there's going to be, there's times you can drive through Connecticut and it's just like, oh, hey, you know, it's good. And then, you know, it takes longer to get out of New York City than it does to drive across the state of Connecticut. And then there's other times when it's just like free flying. It's just like the road. So, and also, I mean, no offense, but you do have New Jersey at the end of your drive. So I can't imagine that that's like anything special either. So Matt, thanks for your thoughts. Uh, have fun on your drive. Um, don't like, don't like rage, rage hit anybody in Connecticut when you're going through it. Appreciate it, Stephen. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers man.
Omid, you have the pressure of uh, wrapping us up, and so don't don't let down the the, the remaining. Ah, oh, we've actually kept uh, pretty steady numbers. So uh, you're the closing act. So don't let us down. Where are you in the country? What are your gas prices? What is your media coverage like? And would you buy? Oh, you got the electric vehicle part right. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> it's not because I wasn't paying attention. I'm. I have to figure out what's going on with this. This literally just started today, and so it's just like I. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I just. I have like a short in the brain all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, right in the Ozarks, and um, uh, gas around here. I think regular is about three seventy now, and premium is about four seventy. I heard some people with uh, premium gas uh, purchasers. It's about four dollars and seventy cents for premium, and the media coverage—it's it's pretty useless. Our local media is pretty useless. They mainly cover um, sports and uh, especially the Razorbacks, the local team here. Um, they do cover—you know—gas is high. There's something going on in Ukraine, and then but the Razorbacks are doing great, and that's pretty much it. Would I buy an EV? I've actually looked into it, and I live about uh, 90 miles away from Tulsa, and uh, that's my day trip. So on the weekends, if I want to take a trip to Trader Joe's, I have to go to Tulsa. And uh, in summer or in winter, a regular Tesla, um, I think it's the series, the, the regular, uh, the S, the, uh, the S series, it wouldn't make it. It wouldn't make it on one charge and back. And so and I'm, I'm willing to bet. So have you seen on any of those trips, any charging stations? Oh, yeah. Uh, There's the, uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is the only, I mean, Arkansas is a pretty deep red state, except this corner of it. This corner of it is pretty blue. So there are plenty of Teslas around here, and there are charging stations in town. And there are Tesla superchargers in, um, in Tulsa, right on the Hard Rock Casino uh, grounds of course there are gotta have oh oh let me tell you a good story there was a dude that was arrested for trashing a hotel here because he was on lsd he gets bailed out jumps in his tesla goes to that charging station in tulsa 90 miles away grabs an ar-15 and a shotgun and starts shooting the other cars like, it's a so tesla he, so he goes so he goes to the tesla station does he does he start charging his car and then of shooting, course. or is he, or was he just rage te- like he just he hated the car so he just had to take out? No, no, he um, he didn't shoot the other EVs. He just shot at other cars uh, in the parking lot in the casino parking lot. So he was shooting but at the non EVs. So yeah, have, so I think the have, guy was a hero. So we have like a recorded actual incidence of Tesla rage of EV. Rage. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, with a with a side of LSD. Uh, I mean, you know. Who hasn't really? That's true. Who amongst us, right? Um, do you have any? Do you have any, any other any other thoughts you want to share before we wrap up? That's a pretty good story. I should just cut yeah, everybody I don't off think... right there and be like, folks, if you have a Tesla and you have an AR fifteen, don't do LSD. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, the technology is not ready, and something that no, uh, not a lot of people talk about is the fact that once these batteries catch fire. There is no putting them out. You just have to wait them out for you know ten to twelve hours that it takes for them to burn out. And not too long ago, a few weeks ago, a ship had to be scuttled in the in the um, Azores 
carrying a thousand Porsches and Ferraris and Lamborghinis, some very expensive cars. And um, the Taycons, the, the Porsches EVs, they, uh, they caught fire and they couldn't put the fire out. So they just abandoned ship and the ship finally, I think it was, uh, it was scuttled and sank. So, well, that was good for the environment. I absolutely. I guess, I guess on, the, on the bad side, you have, you have a battery fire and oil spill, but at least you have a new reef. So I guess everything else, everything just... Well, Stephen, I would care if I had not been murdered in the net neutrality wars. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, we lost millions. So you're, you're just a statistic. We, we lost... I was. I we was. lost like... 57 911s worth of of people in the net neutrality wars. Yes, but so, we fought bravely. I, I, yes, we did. We I lost very I lost very good friends whom I haven't heard from since with no internet. I don't even know if they even made it or not. Um, and now here we are and we're all huddled around barrel fires talking about the good old days of uh um you know two dollars and fifty cent gas. And so this this was a good this was a good roundup. This was a good circle of life. But Omid, thank you. Um, this was a fun one. Like I said, I like I like hearing about people's stories and, and where they're at and what their story and you know what they are witnessing. It doesn't really do me any good to sit out here and yell. This is a good episode to uh, point to friends, point to family, and say, look, I mean, this isn't you know this isn't like a Fox News thing, and this isn't Vladimir Putin. There's here you can come listen to this episode on Colin, and there's like. I don't know how many people we took, probably 20, 20 or so people who all say like, yeah, here's what's happening. And this is, this is what's going on in every single part of the country. Um, so it's good. So be sure to hold on to this episode, pass it to your friends. Um, I'm going to maybe look at probably being back Monday. So we'll do a quick turnaround and you'll get a notification for that. Um, I, sh- I will also be doing a podcast over at Versus Media for tomorrow. So if you aren't subscribed there, feel free to subscribe there. Uh, it's $1 for a podcast a week. It's $3 for all the content a week. Uh, I mean, it's half the price of what you pay for a daily Starbucks. You can afford it. I know inflation sucks, but I'm not raising my prices anytime soon um, unless you force me to. So, uh, <laughs> once again, everyone, thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. Um, next time, if you decide to jump in, d- don't be shy. Feel free. I, I like uh, as many stories as possible, and even the kookier and the crazier. We had LSD shootings. We had um, pretty close to that a member of the oil and gas industry, um, if you listen to him say that, and a few others. So, again, everyone, thanks for your uh, contributions. Everyone, thanks for listening. Um, I'm Stephen L. Miller. This is Versums Media Live. You're not paying for this one, so that's the good news. Um, you can also find me at Red Steez on Twitter. Hopefully you know that. If you don't, then just get out. And you can also, again, listen to uh, regular podcasts at Versus Media on Patreon uh, over there. And like I said, I'll be doing one tomorrow. I usually do Tuesday through Friday-ish. And then also, as I was doing this, I'm just going to be doing uh, I'm going to be doing Kennedy on Fox Business on Wednesday. So you better mark your calendars for that one. Make me look good. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining probably be back Monday with something who uh, I don't know what yet, but we'll figure out something fun. And and again, thanks for joining and uh, thanks for calling for hosting. See you guys next.